Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Bad on Paper Podcast. I'm Becca Freeman. And I'm Olivia Mentor. And you are in for one of our new traditions. We're, we're making a comeback for Valentine's Day with our second obscure erotica episode. Happy Valentine's Day, everyone. From us to you. Let's get weird, shall we? Let's. Oh, just a general, I think, disclaimer. I would not listen to this around children. Yep. Good call. Or good sensitive call. ears. Highly religious people. I don't know. Mom, if you're listening, general disclaimer. Dad, anyone related to me, just goodbye. It's been, I love you. Farewell. <laughs> this is where you leave. Well, before we get into the weird, what's your high? My high is that I feel like I had a full circle house renovation moment which is that we finally removed the floral wallpaper in what we've been using as like our TV room for basically the entire time we've lived here. I like walked in the the door (laughs) when we looked at this house and I was like, well, the wallpaper is going to have to go. First thing on my list. I sit here a year later and it's only now just come down, but it was actually very easy, which I did not anticipate. And it just feels so good to have it gone. Like fresh start, fresh start. It's so nice. What color will that room be? That room is going to be like a warm, toasty brown, like light, light brown, a neutral. I love how much color there is in your house. (laughs) Thank you. I do too. It brings me a lot of happiness, but this one will be a little more subdued. What is your high? I'm learning how to play Mahjong. I feel like... Okay, tell me what this is. Can you like sum this game up to me in a sentence? Because no. every time I see it, I'm like, no way I would make it through that instruction set. Like, I would give up immediately. It, it is complicated. So I guess the first thing I learned is that it is nothing like the Windows 95 computer game where you just like match tiles in a pile and then they go away. So I guess there's two types of Mahjong. There's like... American or Jewish Mahjong. And then there's, I don't think this is like the correct terminology, but like Asian or Chinese or or something Mahjong and they're different. So with American Mahjong, there's like a card. It is huge. It's like four panels of all the different combinations. And you basically get tiles and you have to make one of the sets on the card. And the card changes every freaking year. So I'm learning to play, but then a new card for 2024, I think, comes out in March. And so like the what you're trying to do will be different anyway. Oh, that's chaotic. It's so chaotic. But I'm very excited. My friend Jess just moved here from Atlanta and she plays. And I feel like Grace is learning to play. My friend Merritt plays. Like I just feel like so many people are playing Mahjong. And I really like the idea of having a regular group gathering like... I tried to make this happen with pickleball last summer and it fell apart. But like if you have a group of four and you do it every week or every other week, it's also kind of nice because it's like free if you're just at somebody's house and like doesn't involve alcohol. Like, I don't know. So I'm like, I really like the idea of this. I love games. I'm so competitive. We probably played for like two or three hours. It definitely took me a solid hour and a half to like figure out what was happening. But by the end, I think I was like, I was like, oh, I get this. 
I'm so impressed. And 90 minutes to learn the rules. Someone tries to teach me Monopoly Deal and I'm like, I'm out. I mm, just, it's too love much. Monopoly Deal. But um, I really like what you're saying. Like the idea of this recurring game, it sounds just very cozy and nice to me. So I know. I'm glad that you're doing this. I'm very excited. I am traveling this week. So I learned last week, I'm traveling this week and I'm like, am I going to forget everything by the time I play again? I hope not. I'm very excited. I'm not quite at the point of buying my own Mahjong set. Although when I posted about that I was doing this, I had a few friends come out of the woodwork that I did not realize know how to play. So I could have like Hmm. multiple Mahjong groups. You could. Is it like there's one winner every game? Yeah. Okay. I I guess that's how most games work. (laughs) I don't know what what I'm thinking. All right. Okay. Well, that sounds fun. Yeah, it has been fun. What's your low? Wow, did I mess up my hip flexors? I don't... Doing mahjong? No, no. (laughs) I don't know how I did this. I went to Pilates. I canceled so many workouts in January. So I went to Pilates for the first time in a few weeks. And it was like a very... There was a lot of hip stuff. And then that day, I also walked there and back to Staples twice, which is not close. I probably took like... Did 20,000 steps. Wow. My hip flexors are so tight. Like that sounds uncomfortable. You know, when you sit in butterfly, like obviously my knees aren't on the ground, but like I could barely even get into a, I, I don't know. Like it was like my knees were so high. I like, couldn't pull them close to my body. Like, oh my God, my hip flexors are so tight. So I've been theragunning sounds- and stretching, but I'm like, I, don't, I mean, it's certainly not as bad as when I threw my back out the other year, but it's another thing where it's like, oh gosh, it's a, a reminder of the fact that bodies age. Yeah. You know, I always hear people talk about their hips and I'm like, I don't even think I'm aware of my hips as a body part. Like, I don't think I've ever felt any sensation there. Like my knee or like back, whatever, but hips just not yet. So hmm. I feel the same way about my knees, I guess. Like I don't really have any mm-hmm. consciousness about my knees. That's because the stairs to your apartment have conditioned them to just be prepared for anything. They're limber. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Uh, what's your low? <sighs> Man, my low is kind of a high, but it's that Taylor Swift keeps dropping news at like 8 p.m. And yep. the thing is, it lights something up in my brain where it's like, I am just filled with adrenaline. I am in the... Battle on Paper Swifties Geneva group like constantly. You're it's fiending. embarrassing actually. Like I can I, tell like you're just like a little I, goblin I texting. I, I, I had the thought last night I was spiraling so hard because like I'm in this Geneva group talking so much about Taylor Swift. I'm like these listeners probably want less of me. Like they have to hear me every week. Like they don't want my every two minutes updates on my thoughts on the Grammys, but sorry. Oh, I saw I that you really excited. I saw that you planned a virtual listening party. Yes. Everyone uh, tune in midnight, April 19th. I don't know how that's going to work because personally I'm not listening from track one of oh. this new album. I'm listening from the smallest man who's ever lived. Okay. Like, that's the first one I'm listening to. So okay. it's going to be chaotic, but anyway, I just need her to drop news earlier in the day so I can my brain will have chilled out by the time it's time for me to go to sleep mm. at nine. Okay. Because otherwise I'm up till 1 a.m. And I'm bothering all of our listeners with my thoughts. I don't think you're bothering them. That. I think it seems like they're just as excited as you are. Although I just know from knowing you, like I can <laughs> sense the chaos in the updates. 
Yeah. At one point I was like the, it was like, I was the only one in the group and I was like, it was like 1am. I'm like, you gotta go Olivia. It's gotta stop. But <laughs> I appreciate everyone engaging with me at this exciting time in Swifty land. I'm really excited about this new album. I feel like the album title, the cover, the track list, everything is giving folklore vibes. And I am just ready. Like the folklore evermore era was like the best walking era of my life. And I'm ready to just go on a lot of long walks with my feelings. You know what it's making me think of? It's like the vibes of Folklore and Evermore, but also like the specificness of Red and stuff where she's calling out, you know, Mm. John Mayer or whatever. I don't know if that's on Red, but that combination I feel like could send me into the stratosphere potentially. I'm very excited. I don't think so. I think Jake is thankful I have the Geneva group. He's like, who are you texting? I'm like, my friends. Yeah. <laughs> my my people. Yeah. I had to explain the album drop thing like 10 times and he was watching while it happened. So, you know, giving him a little break. I think that maybe this might be a really good time for him to take a survival camping trip that weekend. It's true. Though... I will say that this was all happening alongside me having to read the obscure erotica, which I was also talking to him about. And that was a little more alarming to him. Oh, okay. Uh, But we'll get into that in a minute. (laughs) I mean, let's go there. Let's take an ad break and let's get into it. This episode is sponsored by Cozy Earth, maker of Becca and I's favorite loungewear. And if you're asking me, pretty much the coziest socks of all time. But Cozy Earth doesn't just make apparel. They have incredible bedding that's temperature regulating and available in viscose from bamboo and in linen. And personally, I am currently eyeing Cozy Earth's bath towels right now. Oh, I had no idea that they had bath towels. Oh, yes. I was browsing the website and I saw these, and like now it's all I can think about. And I, Anyway, they have this set of waffle towels that look divine. The reviews are just incredible. Waffle towels. I I know. I want them so badly for my bathroom. Oh, well, the other great thing about Cozy Earth is that all of their products come with a 10-year warranty. I mean, name one other bedding or loungewear company that has a policy that rivals that. Cozy Earth just really believes in its products. And I can personally attest the fabric on their loungewear is just a scientific miracle. It is the perfect balance of breathable and soft. It maintains its shape even on a long flight. And it just looks expensive. It's true. And another great thing is that all products from Cozy Earth are made from responsibly sourced viscose from bamboo. And the company has even been featured on Oprah's favorite things multiple times. Again, just please believe me when I say I have been reading the reviews of these towels nonstop and knowing the quality of the other Cozy Earth products I own. I mean, it's all I can think about. And I think this is just adulthood and I don't hate it. What color would you get? Definitely a gray and a white. I mean, the white, something about a white, fresh, nice looking waffle towel. Yeah. Just sounds so nice. Well, Olivia and our listeners, you could use our code. Cozy Earth provided an exclusive offer for listeners today. You can get up to 35% off site-wide when you use the code BOP at CozyEarth.com. Again, that's BOP for up to 35% off site-wide. Well, well, well. Here we are. Here we are. How do we decide who goes first? Should we rock, paper, scissors? Sure. Okay. Ready? Yeah. Rock, paper, scissors, shoot. 
You were like on a delay, but we both did scissors. Okay. Rock, (laughs) paper, scissors, shoot. Okay. Olivia won. I did scissors. She did rock. Does that mean I go first? Yeah, I think so. I'm excited. You know what I picked, but I don't know what you picked. I think this is good because I think my title is at least less explicit than yours. Okay. I already know the title of yours. So I feel like if people need to ease into the raunchiness, this might be a good place to start. Yeah, but yours has some some real... Uh, yours has a big trigger warning page. It does. It's about 100 words long. Wow. Okay. What's the title of your book? Rip the Band-Aid. <laughs> the title is Unhinged, An Erotic Door Romance. What does that mean? Well, shall I just read the description of yeah. the book? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who's a bi, by okay. the way? Give give credit. Vera Valentine. Great. Do you think that's a real I'm person? Sure. <laughs> well, her picture is in the bio at the end. I don't think that's her real name. And I don't think that because she's also written another book called Squeak, which we'll talk about in a minute. Okay. Okay. Okay, here's the description of the book. This is not mine. This is the official description because Mm -hmm. there is literally so much happening here that I needed to just have it all in one place. So, dangers come a-knocking. Someone's been watching Tana closely, but he's a lot closer than she realizes. From intimate moments to lazy afternoons on the couch, he's secretly seen it all and fallen for her along the way. The problem is that someone else is watching too. And his obsession with Tana is a lot more dangerous. When a man claiming to be her front door enters her dreams to warn her about an imminent threat to her your face, an imminent threat to her life, Tana initially chalks it up to her weird late night snacks, but she rethinks things when her earnest visitor insists he's also ready to protect her in exchange for one hell of a favor. When Tana trades her best line of defense for an unlikely supernatural ally, the threat lurking beyond her apartment hallway starts getting desperate as the law closes in. Can her inhuman companion save her from the worst of humanity? Or is it too late for both of them? Now, if you're wondering, is this a book where the main female character fucks her door? The answer is yes. Okay, I have two questions off the bat. (laughs) Go. So the door comes in a dream is it like an anthropomorphized door with eyes and like arms and legs or is it a door I'm so glad you asked so the door it has a soul but it's a door you know and then one night a Greek god comes to visit the door the door is just there like no one ever talks to him and then suddenly there's a Greek god and the Greek god is like I am your father because I fucked a tree sure and you were an acorn. You got here. Anywho, he's like, I am going to give you this chance to be with this woman you're in love with. But the deal is that you have to be with her in your current state first, and then you will become a human man. Oh, so this is like a Beauty and the Beast thing. Sort of. Her apartment superintendent is a murderer. Okay, that was my other women. question. Okay, so the other threat <laughs> is is not another door. The no, other no, no. threat is human. The other threat is her superintendent, Randall, who, because the door is always there, because it's a door, uh, right. he sees him come into her apartment with his set of keys and he steals her underwear. And then one day he sees Randall poison her orange juice. 
Oh. And so he comes to her in this dream. In the dream, he's in the form of a man. Keep in mind. Okay. That and was my like, question. Yes. It's very confusing. And he's like, look, I'm your door. I look like a man in this dream, but I'm your door. And she's like, wow, I had really weird snacks. This might be causing this weird dream. Like, get out of here. You're not my door. And he's like, I'm going to need you to be with me in order to become a man. And she's like, absolutely not. This is so weird. And then he's like, Randall is trying to kill you. (laughs) Okay. He thinks that this will make the difference. And in the end, it does. I have so many more questions, but I guess before we get into the specifics, I need to know how you found this book. And I guess Mm -hmm. I could kind of like implicitly understand why you chose it, but like, I'd like to hear it in your words. Sure. So I basically just Googled, I did a lot of research. I did a lot of research on strange erotica and I couldn't really decide. Yours was so strong. Yours was like, you know, I did text you. I texted you. Yes. And I threw the gauntlet. Yeah. It was like I had to I had to bring something weird. So it was between this and a pumpkin spice latte erotica. And that just didn't seem as fully formed as this. Well, I was I was surprised when you told me last night that this was 70 some pages. I read them all. Yes. That's a that's it, long it for a novelty humor erotica book. It is. It flew, though. It really did. Wow. But in the end, it was between this and Squeak, A Twisted Tale, also by Vera Valentine. And this one is about balloon animals. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I thought the door, I didn't know where it would go. And I was surprised. I just, I was surprised. Okay. So really bring the listeners into this. Can you describe the cover? Really I set can, the scene. Of course. Of course. So it is simply a photo of a door. Very simple. It says unhinged on the top. And then you can almost not tell when you first look at it, but if you really look at it, the number on the front of the door is 69. Oh. Which, okay. You know, it's I appreciate. And that's it really. Unhinged, an erotic door romance. That's all it says. I'm looking at this right now and it has more reviews than I would have expected. It has a lot. <laughs> it has 11,000 plus reviews on Goodreads. Like, I am ashamed to say that I know off the top of my head, like roughly how many mine has. But like, if this was more than my book, and it is close, mine is like 13,000 some. I think I would have to like turn this off and go cry that unhinged an erotic door romance has more reviews. Granted, it has 3.06 stars. So the reviews are mixed seemingly. But it's an erotic novel about a door and it has 3.08 stars. I think like Yellowface has like 3.8. Also, 1.1 thousand people are currently reading it on Goodreads. Like, is this a TikTok thing? I don't know. I haven't been on TikTok that much recently, but I'm going to say I was entertained. I laughed. I thought it was very funny. And actually, I mean, it it is unhinged, but it is well-written, kind of. Well, I mean, speaking of Goodreads, do you have any reviews you could share with us? Because I imagine you you, you read some reviews. You needed to figure out if this was worth your, your time, your money. Did you have to buy it? No, I have Kindle Unlimited, so... 
Okay, so mine. I can just return to it whenever I want. Not free on Kindle Unlimited. Like I think there <laughs> is a booming cottage industry of erotic humor, and they were like, "I know that you will pay two ninety nine for this," and I did. I mean, I think mine is a similar price, and I'm not gonna lie. I read it in about. 30 minutes and I was laughing hysterically reading passages to Jake. Did he appreciate that? I don't know, but I was having the time of my life. I was having a ball. I now do understand your comment about him being concerned more so about this book than your reactions about the Taylor Swift track list. Yeah. When I tried to explain the Greek mythology aspect of it, he kind of lost all interest, which I mean, fair. There was a lot of elements happening. A lot. Hit me with your fave couple of reviews. Okay. So a simple one, one star, and it was just the word adorable, but you know, door. Oh, wow. I don't, it didn't make sense because it was one star, but then a positive adjective just enjoyed that. Another one star that I liked was just, yeah, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Which I was like, that's fair. What about um, the positive reviews? I liked this one. It was three stars, which mm-hmm. I thought was fair. And then it said, curiosity killed the cat and that cat was me. Yeah, I can see why. The other, (laughs) the thing is that the positive reviews are not that exciting. I think they just point out the things that it does well, which I think it is actually kind of funny and it is pretty well written. Is it insane? Absolutely. Did I feel uncomfortable multiple times? Yes. Did I sit in my room reading my book this morning and like I looked at the door longer than I have before and it felt weird? Yeah. Not in like a sexual way. Just like doors are different to me now. They never will be the same again. And I, I'm not happy about that, but also it was funny. So I'm not sure. So you texted me last night. You didn't tell me what book it was. You just sent me the trigger warnings page. Would it be okay with you if I read some of them? Absolutely. Okay. Woman killed after luring off page prior to story starting. Not explicit. Covert breaking and entering via master key against female main character by bad guy. Secret underwear theft. That one was where I kind of started to get confused. And I was like, this is a very specific trigger. Alcohol use, harassment via text. I'm like, yes, okay, yes, this makes sense. This makes sense. And then we got to wood putty use. Oh, yes. And I... I texted you and I said, um, is wood putty use a sexual term I don't know about? So, no, it's not. Oh, Basically, so that's not what part happened. of their, their sex play. No. How does one have sex with the a knob. door? The knob. The knob. Okay. The knob is a main fixture of all of this, unfortunately. How are but, you getting into that position as oh, the woman? Oh, on an ottoman. Okay. Yeah. I was like, I too full was like, splits? Like, how are we doing this? Even when it was described, I was like, I mean, it takes a specific kind of person to be visited in a dream with a man, dream man, who's just like, one, you could be possibly murdered by your landlord, but also like, in order for me to save you, I need you to fuck the door. And she was like, you know what? Why not? That was literally the extent of her thought process. She was like, I'm here. I'm young. We're not here Why to not? see I'm just gonna her do waffle. This. Like, we're here to see her fuck <laughs> a door. My favorite part is that 
So the next day she like wakes up and the door has turned into a human man, but like the door itself is gone. So her front door is gone. And there's just a a dude standing there. There is a fully naked man standing in her house. And she's like, who are you? And he's like, I'm obviously your door. (laughs) And like literally between that and them having sex is like maybe 20 minutes. It seems like. Okay, great. I think you brought some excerpts from the book. I'm going to need more. I I highlighted a lot of parts. I need to understand more. <laughs> okay, so just some quotes I that made me chuckle. This one. Even though I was architecturally speaking obligated to support her, I still feel <laughs> I still felt like I was actively providing her comfort. This is when he's still a door and she's leaning on him. Which just is this dual POV? Is it told from both of theirs or only from the doors? Oh, most important part, it's just told from the perspective of the door. Um, so, like, literally, the first line of this book, hold on, let me go back in my Kindle. I feel like I'm actually giving a presentation. Like, the squeal I squealed when I read the first sentence and it was as a door, I didn't know when I fell in love with Tana, only that I most assuredly was. And then I was like, okay. It might have been the first time she laid her soft fingertips on the cool brass of my knob. I won't go further, but yeah, it's um, okay. Some other quotes. Let me see. So he's in her house, right? As the man, the door is gone. They're just standing breeze wafting through the apartment. Wait. So she's like, at what point, like percentage wise, approximately, does he turn from door to man? Uh, this is page eight. Oh, wow. So he's a man for most of it. No. Back and forth. Oh, okay. Back and forth. Okay. She's like, why do you seem so familiar? Who are you? Fully naked, by the way. Sure, sure, sure. I threw caution to the wind, clasping her soft hand against my cheek and turning my head to kiss her palm. I have no name but yours. I am your faithful guardian and protector. Nothing more, nothing less. I am your door and I love you. And she goes, my door. I don't understand. Is that like a metaphor? She frowned, brown knitting in confusion. Your door to your apartment. He's <laughs> just like, no, I really need to make it clear. I am the physical door in human form. And then she's basically just like, all right. And that's it. So is this more an erotic novel or th- it seems it like is. there's a thriller just, aspect as well of him? Yeah. The wood putty is because he gets shot. And oh, she's like, no. I didn't know how to treat your injuries. So I got wood putty. He's also made of solid oak and not pressed board like the other doors. And that's important. And so they order a new door on Home Depot to be delivered. And like, he's very clear that it can't be a door with a round knob. So she's not tempted. It has to be like the handle. So there are other doors in her apartment, I assume. Are they all characters? Like, are they all secretly people or he's the only sentient door? He is the only sentient door. Yeah, of course. No, that makes sense. Because he's half Greek god. Right, right, right. Naturally. Right. Oh, by the way, the best part is that they just choose a name at random for him. And that name is Dry. Dries? D-R-Y-S. They couldn't do like Dory. That or... must be like tree in Greek or something. Maybe. Maybe. But uh, they just go with it. So I feel like you're like flirting on the edges here and not really like diving into the spicy stuff like what would how many chili peppers would you assign it on a scale of like five being off the charts and one being like pg 
Okay, so if you take aside the fact that she, with the doorknob, it's probably like a two. Okay. But if you take into account the doorknob, which you kind of have to. Right. That's what you're there for. Like a a three and a half. Okay. Okay. There's also a lot of like, you're such a good door. (laughs) (laughs) Like, who's been a good door? (laughs) Which once you hear, it's really hard to come back from psychologically. Did you find their connection believable? Um, no. I I also liked that like he tells her that she's poisoned and like they're like we should probably call the police and they're just like no it's fine we should get you some sweatpants first and eventually Randall does get caught very important but um yeah we never said this another spoiler free quote (laughs) oh yeah sorry spoilers everywhere another fun quote is if I wasn't already a door I'd be stiff as a board right now Which I, I thought Jake would get the more of a laugh play. out of that when I told him over breakfast this morning. And no, no. But wow. um, so there's a lot of that. I laughed. I, I laughed. I was going to say I cried, but I definitely did it. What would you rate it like on Goodreads? I would give this a three. It did what it was trying to do. Okay. Okay. And just random bit of Greek mythology in there. I would subtract like half a point because there's a whole plot line where the door is like, you should get some ice cream because your sad days are coming soon. And it's because he knows when her period is. It's really upsetting. Oh, (laughs) I know. I know. I'd be like laughing and then I'd be like in the depths of darkness. It was a really strange experience. So this naturally brings up the question for me. If you had to have sex with one door, what door would it be? Hmm. It's a tough question because do I choose like a famous door? I don't know. A celebrity door? Or do I choose an old reliable one that I see every day and who knows, perhaps sees me every day too. That would be so awkward. You would run into them all the time. I think I would want a brand new door. Like I'm surrounded by old doors all the time and like I don't know what they've seen. Okay, so you're, you're at home You're never going to open a door the same way again. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. empty sanitizing knobs like yeah. crazy. So you're going to Home Depot. You're buying a fresh door for this purpose. Yeah, not particle board because door. I refuse to call him by his human name, which does not even make sense. Door said that the particle board ones are worse. So sure. That tracks. Yeah. What about you? Does anything come to mind immediately? You know, I really like when a house has like a high colorful contrast door. So I would probably go for a really flamboyant door. Oh, Okay. I like that. Mm-hmm. Spicy. Mm-hmm. A bold door. I do have to share that I had some questions about the like the physicality of the door because whenever she leaned against him, he'd be like, she, she was leaning against my back. And I'm like, well, if that's your back, then like, where's your eyes? And like, it was weird. It, there were some inconsistencies that I... I have one more question that this has brought up for me. Um, can a door sure. ejaculate? Uh, no. Okay. So in human form, he discovers that. So honestly, like low pregnancy risk, like a, an ideal partner. She does put a condom on the doorknob. So oh, wow. protection. Okay. You, you never know who else is. Yeah. I mean. Fucked your door. If you're gonna, if you're gonna really commit, you might as well mm-hmm, mm-hmm. commit, mm-hmm. which she does. 
enough of that. Let's close that door and move on to. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's move on to your wild, wild tale. Well, let's take an ad break first, actually. Oh, yeah, let's do that. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I think one of the biggest misconceptions about relationships is that they always have to be easy to be good. In reality, long-term relationships take work. Friendships, family dynamics, or romantic relationships, all of these require effort from both sides to remain healthy, supportive, and fulfilling. Therapy can be a place to work through the challenges you face in all of your relationships, whether that be with friends, work colleagues, your significant other, or just yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. I actually just started going to therapy again a couple of weeks ago after taking a year off. And let me just tell you, I was a little nervous to dive back into the process again, but I just feel like it has been a breath of fresh air in my life. Therapy always helps me feel better able to take care of myself and also empowers me to set important boundaries in other relationships in my life as well. Ultimately, though, the most important relationship we have is the one we have with ourselves, and that also requires some work. Become your own soulmate, whether you're looking for one or not. Visit betterhelp.com slash bad on paper today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash bad on paper. All right. Now, your book is a little less subtle. So I think mine on the surface is less subtle, but yours might be more disturbing. I That's fair. That's fair. So let's start with the title, because I sure. think the title is really an episode in and of itself. Yep, it is. Hello, Sharks. Today, I would like to talk to you about <laughs> Abraham Lincoln, colon, fuck Lord of the Moon. This is book three of three in the Presidential Fuck Machine series by Catherine DeVore. I just have to say a side note that I am recording this currently seated underneath a painted portrait of George Washington. Not a a presidential fuck machine. All three books are about Lincoln. It's not different presidents. Oh, wow. All Lincoln. I'm sure there's reasons for that. Okay. Abraham Lincoln... Mm-hmm. Fuck Lord of the Moon? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Rolls right off the tongue. Yep. Who is this by? Uh, her name is Catherine DeVore. I can find no evidence of her being a real person. There is another author named Catherine DeVore Johnson who wrote a book about cancer, like a serious nonfiction book, who must Unfortunate, not if not the same Catherine this. DeVore. <laughs> this actually brought up for me that I think this would be one of the most hilarious petty things you could do is to ghostwrite comedy erotic, the weirdest comedy erotic fiction you can think of under any of your enemies' names, using that as like a pen name. Because I don't think that Amazon checks, like so many people have pen names. Like I could just call myself Olivia Mentor and like yeah, create door porn. We could really confuse some people. Candle porn, I guess, <laughs> in your case, probably. And just like put it under your name. So then when you Google your no name, no one get any up. ideas, please. I feel like we're fueling like the dark lords of the internet right now. But anyway, speaking of the dark lord of the White House, mm-hmm. tell me about the summary. Okay. Here is the official description. 
At long last, Abraham Lincoln is ready to face his greatest enemy, Emperor Komei of Japan. After years of ninja training, will America's greatest president, who also happens to be Earth's greatest master of the sexual arts, be able oh. to defeat his nemesis and claim the moon as his own? Find out in the thrilling conclusion of the presidential fuck saga. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you've got American history. Yeah. You've got uh, global relations. What yep. is the word I'm searching for? Diplomacy. Yes, you got diplomacy. You've got the moon. Space travel. Which is always fun. Ninja training. Okay. I forgot about the ninjas. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't feel like I have to ask what made you choose this book? But what made you choose this book? Well, so I too did some Googling and I found this in a mere few clicks. And I said, how could I top this? What could be better than this? I did have a few concerns, namely that because this is the third book in a series, would I be able to understand it without having read the right. first two books? By the way, this mm -hmm. book is 19 pages. Yeah, a lot of world building there. A lot. Well, I mean, it borrows from from real history. So, you know, I have an established history of Abraham Lincoln in my head. Was it this? Yeah. Yeah. Everyone knows about his ninja moon training. <laughs> um, and then the second concern I had was, is this book racist? And I think mm. the answer is maybe, but not in the way I expected. He does have sex with a lot of geisha women, which is problematic. But, you know, he's fighting the emperor of Japan because the emperor of Japan is trying to colonize the moon. So I think we can all agree that's a bad thing. Abraham Lincoln has a duty to protect yeah. the moon from colonization. Right. Which begs the question, who owns the moon? We all own the moon. <laughs> You're right. You're right. The moon is universal. A no common, pun intended. A common, what is it called? A common good? A common resource whatever a common a shared there's orb. a word that i'm looking i don't for. know doesn't matter now i feel like every every series of words could be an obscure radical title my brain is officially broken okay so you googled it you found it mm -hmm. having seen the cover myself yeah 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 it's imperative that you tell everyone what you're looking at so honestly they don't have to look at it they can just see it in their brain. I think you should look at it. So it is Abraham Lincoln's, <laughs> a photo of Abraham Lincoln photoshopped onto a man's body who's wearing like an open white shirt. So you could see his like chest and stomach and a pair of tidy whiteies. And then there are four <laughs> stripper. -esque, is he wearing the hat? He's wearing the hat. There's four stripper-esque women kind of like looking up at him, hanging off of him. None of them are Japanese. And then kind of in the background is the planet Earth. Mm, He's the on moon. the moon on the cover. Oh, yeah. yeah. Obviously. Yeah. God, unbelievable. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. it's powerful. It's, it's, um, it's a, it is a visual. Yeah. It, it's a strong visual. It's different than Clippy. Yeah. It's not the same. It's not the same thing. Yeah. So yeah. I'm really curious, knowing uh, unhinged kind of Goodreads present is better than we would have thought. What's this got going for it on Goodreads or Amazon? So, you know, less 
readers, but really strong, really strong rating. So it only has seven reviews on Amazon, but it does have (laughs) 4.9 stars. That is actually the most horrifying thing you've told me so far. (laughs) Everyone likes it. Everyone agrees. Wow. Wow. Okay. Share some of your favorite reviews, please. Okay. So I really liked this one, which I believe did not give a rating. Uh, And it said, this book is un-American and unpresidential and pro-moon and pro-ninja. Ninjas are terrible people. Samurai are much better. Are ninja and samurai natural enemies? Can I flag a book? Can I flag a whole genre? And this one really rides the line for me of like, is this person joking or serious? I just want to know what being pro moon is because who's anti moon? I like, I feel like <laughs> I like it as a fixture in my life. Like, well, if I went outside and the moon you, was gone, I would be like, that's because you've been bad. brainwashed by big moon. <laughs> What the hell is pro moon? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. How many stars was that? I don't think there was a rating. Okay. Right. Of course. Why would they? It's pro moon. Here's another one that really threw me. Five stars. This person said, I think at this point, everyone and their great, great grandmother has heard of this book. I can honestly say that I loved every minute of it. It's a spectacular little romp with funny, courageous and endearing characters that you can't help but love. And my reaction to this is like, my dude, what internet are you on that everyone has heard about this? I mean, if I had heard the series of words that make up this title even once in my life, like if I had heard someone utter it like yards away from me in a public space, Uh I would have remembered it forever. So I think this, we're going to assume it's a man. This man is wrong because no one's talking about this. Should they? I don't know. You're going to tell us. So you know what I think? So this is $2.99. It's not on Kindle Unlimited. I think that there is a cottage industry that we are not aware of, of making these ridiculous books for the purpose of going viral on Reddit. Hmm. We're single-handedly fueling this. (laughs) I would love to know what the economics of this book are in terms of like how many people... Because this guy says everyone in their great-great-grandmother has heard of this. Like, how much money has this person made off of this? And like, is it over or under $1,000? I think over. Yeah, maybe. I think over. Yeah. Because, and honestly, it probably didn't take them that long to make. Mm-hmm. And they're doing their thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Any other reviews you want to no. pass along? No, I think. Just kind of cover it. I, I think that that, I mean, there's not that many. Right. I mean, of course. It's a hidden gem. You know, everyone in their great-great-grandmother is busy. It's a a hidden gem compared to yours, certainly. Okay. Share some of your favorite lines. What were you highlighting? Okay. Well, so I at first, I I was really confused about how this would work because it's like, how did Abraham Lincoln get to the moon? Is this like, when is this set? Like, I had so many questions. So I'll read you the opening. July 23rd, 1865. By now, you are surely familiar with my secret mission. I will elide the details of my rigorous months of ninja training under the secret tutelage of Matsukata Takeyoshi, a man who was my friend, my teacher, and also my lover. Oh, okay. So the premise of this book is that after abolishing slavery, Abraham Lincoln must take on his next great challenge, which is emancipating the moon. And... Hmm. He 
gets John Wilkes Booth to help him fake his own assassination because he thinks the chances are good he will never come back from the moon. So right. then he uh, he fakes his assassin his own assassination. His wife is in on it. Everyone believes him. Supportive. He travels across the country by many modes of transportation, and then he gets on a steamer uh, boat in San Francisco, and he goes to Japan. And apparently, under a mountain in Japan is a secret portal to the moon. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm mm-hmm. following. Yeah. I'm, I'm along for the ride. So then things get weird because he needs to use his ninja combat skills to fight the emperor of Japan for the moon. And the way that they fight is by using their penises as lightsabers. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Oh. Mm. Would you like a... I was like... Hmm. Would you like a uh, passage to illustrate that? I I don't know, honestly. I, but you were it's really just... like light-stepping around the stuff and like this sentence, this paragraph has like five synonyms for penis in it. So like, I know, let's well, listen, go. this is a lot like the last episode. You're a lot more comfortable narrating the graphic stuff and I like that. So you know what? Take us on this journey. I took a step forward slid smoothly into a familiar fencing stance and thrust my cock towards him like a burning rapier. Is that how you say that word? Like one of those lamps. I think. I don't know. The emperor parried immediately, raising his cock to deflect my blow. When our phalluses (laughs) touched, sparks flew between us in a cascade of flickering light. Komei counterattacked with a vicious slash of his cock, which I barely managed to repel with my own magic-infused shaft. They also have, like, lights at the end of them. They turn colors. Convenient. Mm -hmm. Convenient. As you would probably expect, Abraham Lincoln does win in combat. And then this was a favorite passage of mine. Oh, also, you should know that um, Abraham Lincoln is is very pansexual. Very, very pansexual. I get, I'm getting that. It was, uh, great. Who rules the moon now? I demanded. You do, he whispered. Louder. You rule the moon. <laughs> you are the sex god, not I. I am sorry to have doubted you. Thus pleased, I began to thrust with gusto deep into his waiting ass. Oh my God. <laughs> mm-hmm. 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 So now this one is not spicy, but I did... Not spicy? No, 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 no. This this next passage is not spicy, but oh. I just like I was like, this is an interesting. <laughs> I was like, what is your threshold? Um, and he said, This is like the very end, and he says, And now here I am, living out my days on the moon. Once I'd faked my assassination, I knew I could never go back to the land of my birth. Perhaps I could have shaved my beard and traveled to Europe to live in secret in Florence or Rome. But no, I can see now that where I truly belong is here, on the moon. Is that how it ends? Yeah. So. Wow. It was not as sexy as I thought. It's really more like fighting and asserting dominance. So he has sex with one of the female ninjas before he goes to the moon. It wasn't Mm. really hot. It was fine. Mm. She was like, let me please you, Abraham Lincoln and your magical dong. And then he he (laughs) defeats the emperor of Japan and has sex with the emperor of Japan. And then. At one point, when they like take out their penises, there's like these five female assassin ninja geisha people 
Who, is this on the moon? Yeah. yeah or yeah. this before? No, oh, there's okay. a palace on the moon. So it's like indoors on oh. the moon. They're so turned on when they whip out their dicks that they just like drop to the floor and start masturbating. So like none of these sex scenes have anything to do with female pleasure really and like are not sexy in the least. Wow. I'm going to be honest. I think I might have chosen the better book. Oh yeah. It seems like yours had like a real romance plot line. Like it it was love. It wasn't lust. Yeah. It was something. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's a door. So yeah, it's literally there's a something. lot. To, to be- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, well, okay. Favorite character. I, I guess Abraham Lincoln. Okay. Least favorite. You know, John Wilkes Booth was really whiny about doing his civic duty and and participating in the assassination, the pretend assassination. Real whiny. Feels right. Real whiny. Okay. Spice rating, one to five. This is an interesting one because it's like... It's very... It spicy, but maybe not spicy to you, you know? There's a lot of graphic language, but it's really you don't short. Say. <laughs> I don't know, like a two or three? Hmm. Interesting. Okay, if there was a Abraham Lincoln fuck Lord of the Moon part two, mm-hmm. what would you want to see? Well, I would actually like to see this series transition to another president. I think Abraham mm. Lincoln's story is done. He's living out his days on the moon. What is there to say? What is there to say? After you've used your penis as a lightsaber on the moon. I mean... I would like to voice one of my deepest held beliefs that young Rutherford B. Hayes is our hottest president. Is that the one who looks like Alec Baldwin? I don't think so. Google it. Google you tell him. me. Young. By the way, my search history, absolutely strange. It's like strange erotica, weird erotica, blah, blah, blah. I had to look up some poisoning method earlier for something I'm writing. Then young Rutherford B. Hayes. Wow. You know. He's a fox. He is very hot. Yeah. Wow. Well, wow. Yeah. Who knew? I did. Not the Alec Baldwin one. You knew. Man. Okay. Good for him. So is he on the moon in this no, sequel? No, 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 no. Like he looks like a courtly gentleman. Station? Maybe it's like espionage based. Maybe he's like, oh, I don't know who our enemy was at the time of Rutherford B. Hayes, but he's like going to Britain and like being a spy master. That sounds good. Mm-hmm. That sounds solid. If you write that, I'll be first. You're going to write that, but then under my name. No, I, I just, you know. I feel like it would take a lot of research that I don't want to do. Or maybe I, maybe it would take none and I can just make it all up. Would it? The person who wrote Abraham Lincoln, fuck Lord of the Moon was just like, we're just going to go with whatever our heart feels today. I mean, it did seem like they at least had read his Wikipedia page. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Well, so... Happy Valentine's Day, you filthy animals. That's what we got you. (laughs) Should we get into some end matter? How do we even end this episode? I don't know. I have to talk about a beluga whale next, so... Weird. I guess (laughs) do that. In what capacity? It's my obsession, obviously. God. Okay. So we're just getting right into it? Yeah, I guess so. I don't know. I don't know how we... Okay, I had two options for this. I'm going with... Valdemir. That's the beluga's name. This is a spy whale. Have you heard about this? No. I am really obsessed with Neil the seal, though. Oh, is he a spy? No, he's a seal in Tasmania. 
Okay, well, you can be both because Valdemir, which is Vladimir, like Vladimir Putin, and then Haval, which is a whale, I guess, in Norwegian. He was a Russian spy and he escaped. Say more. He escaped. Well, for is, a long time, a U.S. and also Russian whale? military. Oh, he's a beluga whale. Okay. With a huge personality and heart. But for a long time, U.S. and also Russian military have been using uh, whales and dolphins as spies trying to train them because they can like follow ships and they can mess up propellers and they can transmit whatever. They can have cameras anyway. I literally cannot tell if you're making this up. I swear to God, Google Valdemir right now. He is the cutest person. I mean, he's not. He's a whale. He's a whale. (laughs) Sorry. I'm getting confused with animate, inanimate, sentient, whatever. It's all confusing. I assure you this is not sexual at all. Stick with me. Okay, so he was a spy. He escaped from Russia, they think, or he got separated, which is really sad. And he popped up in Norway and he's like, you know, trained to like interact with humans. So he was following boats around. He was like putting string in propellers and stuff. He really likes to play fetch. And so he doesn't know how to socialize though. And there's this entire like organization now trying to save this beluga And they're trying to make this like Icelandic sanctuary, but it's really complicated. There's an incredible podcast on the daily about it. There's also an article. I love this beluga so much. Wow. Okay. (laughs) You got variety today on the podcast. Seriously. What are you obsessed with? You did look him up though, right? I did. Yeah. I I was like literally confused if you were trolling me. (laughs) You're like, Olivia's having a mental break. Um, Yeah. He's cute, right? Yeah. Okay. Thanks for. (laughs) Okay. What's your obsession? So I am very late to this party, but I am obsessed with Nora Ephron. I listened to this audiobook called I'll Have What She's Having, which is a history of her three rom coms that she wrote. And I was listening to it as research for the book that I'm writing right now, which is about an actress. And so I was like, I don't know, just trying to pick up tidbits that like she would know about rom-com movie history. And I am so obsessed with this book. I feel like I have less affinity for Nora Ephron because her movies came out, I mean, when Harry Met Sally came out in 1989, so I was too young for it obviously. And so I like gravitated more towards Nancy Myers, but now I'm I'm so ashamed and I'm like learning everything about Nora Ephron and I'm obsessed with her. And so then after I finished the audiobook, I watched this documentary that her son made after her death called Everything is Copy on HBO Max, which was also phenomenal. So Nora Ephron started as a journalist before transitioning into like screenwriting and directing. So I also now ordered a collection, an anthology of her essays. I'm just like diving very deep right now. I also feel very sad because she died in 2012. And so I'm like, oh, I'm too late to this party. That sounds wonderful. I'm familiar with her movies, obviously, but I do get her confused with Nancy Myers, which now I feel bad for as well. But that sounds really wonderful. Yeah, I'm like, I'm in really deep. Did she write? Yeah, she wrote, I feel bad about my neck. Yes. And I remember nothing. I've read both of those. Very good. Oh, okay. Well, I'm, I'm getting in. What else are you reading? Well, so I read this writing memoir, I guess you would call it. So it's part craft book, but more part memoir, I guess. So it's called Still Writing by Danny Shapiro. And 
I'm not familiar with this author or any of her work. It was written in, I think it came out in 2013. So I think she had some like New York Times bestseller books that were like popular in the aughts at some point. It was really interesting. I just like reading about other writers. So did I learn any like huge tidbits? No, but like I definitely just felt seen by it. And like a lot of the things that she talks about, about the writing life, I was like very interested in. So it wouldn't be my first stop that I recommend to you on a craft book journey. But if you're like very versed in craft books, it's a good addition to your shelf. It's short too. I've had this in my Amazon cart since summer. Oh, um, I really, I listened to an interview with her that I really liked recently, probably on one of the writing podcasts I've talked about here. But um, she wrote, I think it's called Inheritance, maybe? Yes, I think it's you're right. It's a memoir yeah. about finding out her father's not really her father. So good. Highly recommend. Oh, interesting. Or her mother, one of those. I haven't finished anything other than Unhinged this week. I am reading I'm, other stuff, but I have I have this psychological thing where I can't talk about something unless I'm finished reading it. So I mean, also, you wouldn't want to put anything up against Unhinged. Like, how could it possibly compare? It's hard. It's hard. No pun intended. But uh, it's, yeah. Next week. Well, if you're looking for something to read that isn't obscure erotica, we do have our February book club coming up and we're reading Good Material by Dolly Alderton which has been vetted by people other than us who say it is good. If you now do not trust our opinion, I wouldn't blame you. That would be fair. This is about a male stand-up comedian who is kind of struggling his way through adulthood, who gets broken up with, and his life is in shambles, and he devotes himself to figuring out why his ex-girlfriend stopped loving him. This is by the same author who wrote Ghosts, which was a bad-on-paper book club pick a few years ago. And I have seen nothing but glowing reviews for it. So I am honestly really, really excited to dive into this one. Same. If you want to discuss any of this, why wouldn't you? You can talk to us in the Geneva chat we have, which is under About on Paper podcast, or in our Facebook group, which is also About on Paper podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Bad on Paper podcast. And you can find me on Instagram at Olivia Mentor. And you can pre-order my book, Such a Bad Influence, right now. I'm on Instagram at Becca M. Freeman, and we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.